I want to introduce a guy who is particularly handsome because he looks a lot like me. <laughs> and, and Matt is one of my favorite people. Not only were he and Michelle in our small group a few years ago, and I got to know him there, but also have gotten to know him uh, via time at the base and lunch and stuff. And so I wanted to have him come up and speak to us tonight. So walk this way. And uh, just to kind of help us understand what he's teaching our kids, uh, mostly because my kid is going to be in his class in just a couple of months. But also because uh, Matt Ferris is a man that I respect and love, so I wanted him to give, give him an opportunity to speak to us tonight. So let me pray for us and for my brother. Lord Almighty, thank you for Matt. I pray, Jesus, you would give him grace tonight to be your spokesperson. Lord, that you would fill his heart, that you would fill his mind, and you would give him the grace that he needs to speak to us from your word so that we will be encouraged to take great risks for the great God who loves us and will never leave us nor forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. All right, so you have to forgive me. I'm used to speaking to youth, so I need to really, I need to move this down because what I have to do is when I'm speaking to the youth, is that I have to control the whole room. I have to be able to say, Sharon, stop talking to Chet. I have to be saying, please stop talking. I just, just all night long, that's what I do. So I'm just wandering the room. So, so Michelle, Michelle notified me that the stage is extraordinarily creaky. And if I start pacing on the stage, it's all over. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to bring it down to floor level here so that I can, um, I can look you all in the eye and keep a close eye on you because that's, that's what I'm used to. So what we have, so what I want to talk tonight is about the artist. Now I know that everybody's not into, into art. I'm not really into art in the traditional sense. Will that work? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, thank you. All right, so I'm just going to start out. I'm going to show, show, show some pictures, on, pictures up on the screen. And even if you're not into art, chances are you'll, you'll recognize the artist who painted them. A Van Gogh. You could spot it just in a split second. That's a Van Gogh painting. The Mona Lisa, one of the most famous paintings. Again, the artist is known by their work. This isn't going to be, this isn't going to, you know, you're not going to mistake that. Salvador Dali, that's right, that's awesome. Yeah, that's not going to be mistaken for a Picasso. No. Edward Munch, that's right, The Scream, one of his most famous paintings. Now see, everybody can pick Picasso out of a, out of a crowd because Picasso, he's like no other. Whether you like him or not, he is distinctive. Now this is a this is a Bierstadt. Um, you probably haven't heard of him. He obviously paints beautiful paintings, but there is a way to improve it <laughs> by adding a big Star Wars figure in it. Because <laughs> there's nothing that nothing can be made better. And lastly, we have the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. But people say, can Thomas Kincaid be improved? I say, yes, he can. 
F5. So again, an artist is identified by their work. This isn't, doesn't just apply to paintings. This applies to, this applies to architecture. You know, and you can always spot a, a Frank, Lloyd, Frank Lloyd Wright, not Frank Lloyd Jones. That's a Martin Lloyd Jones. It's, it went weird. But, the, um, but Frank Lloyd Wright, we have music from, from Glenn Miller to the Beatles to the Black Eyed Peas. You can always spot their music. You always knew, know who is who. It's no different with God. Now you look at pictures like this. This is an artist at work. These, these are, this, is the, um, this is the work of just somebody who just loves us so much. This is not a God that's an impassive taskmaster who want, just wants you to keep the rules. But nor is he the silly grandfather that just smiles at you when you misbehave. This is a God that's not to be trifled with. Jeremiah 10, 12, it says, It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom. By his understanding, he stretched out the heavens. And no human, honestly, other than Jesus, can really understand, can know the, who made the earth by, let me see, I'm sorry, really has any concept of God's power. The problem that Christians have is that we hear it so often that it loses its punch. That it loses its understanding that that God is just one of just such amazing power and creativity and beauty that we don't, that we tend to take it for granted because we hear it all the time. We hear it in church, how much God loves us, and that's true. But just every once in a while, we have to take just a second and be, wow, that's how much God loves us. I mean, honestly, we can probably remember what we had for dinner a few days ago. It's a fair guess. But do you remember what you had two weeks ago? Or a year ago? Or ten years ago? These are details that God, that doesn't slip by God. God remembers everything. Every molecule in the universe, he's, he's holding in his hand, and he knows exactly what it's doing at any moment. We humans, we think we're so smart because we come up with a new emoji to put onto a text screen. We're like, ooh, look it, we have a new smiley face to put onto text messages. That's not smart. Well, it is smart, it's, I couldn't do it. But compared to what God does, no. Again, looking at some of the places and the animals on the screen, it gives us a glimpse into the mind that created it. And taking a step closer to today's headlines, our country, and Christians in particular, we're at a crossroads. We're at a really interesting place in, that's, um, that's unique in certainly American history, probably, probably world history. And it's a crossroad that I think it might be a little bit messy because we're Christians and God loves us, as evidenced. But we're also humans that are failing and tripping over ourselves. So this transition and this, this new world we live in, it's, it can be messy. Many Christians feel that this election, it was a victory for bringing this country back into the best version of itself. I hope that's true. I hope with all my heart that we can, that we can change some of the tide of some of the things that are going on. I don't know if it's going to happen. None of us do. Only the God that makes something as delicate as that knows what's going to happen.
We Christians, we need to be very careful as we, as we march off to war and as the world opposes us, you know, we, have, we sing the songs, you know, onward Christian soldiers and a mighty fortress is our God. These are, these are very military songs and, then, and we are, we are in a, living in a world at war. I mean, you know, in spite of, of this, this is, this is, this is a, um, an example of a violent upheaval. As beautiful as it is, you look at just these chasms and, and, and these displays of God's power and we realize that we serve a God that is beyond imagining. Now as we, again, as we beat the drums of war against a culture that opposes what we stand for, we have to be careful that we don't trample those who need to be saved from the very enemy that they serve. Now what I mean is this, and you've heard it before, our enemy is not against flesh and blood. It's not against, it's not against our family members who voted for somebody different. It's not against our friends who think a certain lifestyle is perfectly acceptable. Our battle isn't against them. It means that this world, more than ever, needs us because we're the only ones that have the, that have the cure that they need. So when we see people who disagree with us or that offend us or call us names, we need to remember that a man 2,000 years ago went through far more than we can ever imagine for no other reason than love. For that time on the cross, heaven didn't want him and heaven couldn't take him at that moment. He was cast out by all of creation, all of eternity, just because of love. You know, I, you know when, when you... We tend to focus on, you know, how the, you know, the, where the nails went in and, you know, the, you know, the, the wrist and hands and all these different things, but it wasn't the nails that held him there. It was just his love for you. That's it. As horrifyingly simple as that is, it was just love that held him to the cross. So we need to be very careful with the words we used and we, how we categorize those people or them Michelle and I and James and, and everyone else that's worked with youth or has had teenagers or, or works with teenagers, they are living in a world right now that is unimaginable to us. The pressures that they face, the things that they see on a daily basis, it would curl my hair. And that's a big deal because there's a... Um, just the things that they go through. So we need to be careful. We need to just be so, I don't even know what we need to be so much of, but we need to be filled with God's love because that's the only thing that's going to get through to people. And that, honestly, that's the only thing that matters. Now, we do not and we cannot agree with their actions, but we are commanded to love them as people because Jesus died for the most offensive, hate-filled person that you can imagine just the same as he died for the sweetest person that you know. Now, putting, I'm sure every single person in here has people on the, both ends of that spectrum. From the sweetest to the just nastiest person you can think of. God's love. Jesus' blood covered over every single one of them just the same. God wants us to protect and defend the downtrodden, and one of the greatest shames of the church in the 20th century 
was from the silence of the pulpits and in the churches in Nazi Germany. As millions of people were rounded up and just murdered under direction of the state. That's, that's scary. And that's something that we need to just keep in mind. We need to get off this train that says, you know, those people or we need to not allow them or, you know, we start using these nouns to describe human beings. Every person, every single person deserves to be treated with dignity and respect regardless if we agree with them or not. Now, we often use Psalm 139 during the, um, when we talk about abortion and, and, and saving the lives of small children, you know, we, you know the, 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 um, being knit in their mother's womb. But I want you to just take a step back and think of just a grown-up adult human being and apply, apply those words. So I'm looking at Psalm 139, verses 13, verses 13 to 16. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and your works are wonderful. I know that full well, and my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in a secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now, yes, that absolutely applies to the infants, but that also applies to every single person who's hurting, every adult every teenager, every person that you see, God has their names and their stories written in, the, written in his book. They're not mistakes that they're there, and of course they make bad decisions, but all of us make bad decisions. That doesn't mean they don't deserve our love or our respect, and they, they certainly deserve to be treated with dignity. This is not a God that's confined to church or the pages of the Bible, I mean, you see places like this, and I would hold church here. I think, I think, I think we'd be doing all right if we looked outside, of, looked outside the church window and saw any of these sites. <clears throat> yes, his word is forever kept in the pages of the Bible, and Christians coming together at church makes him smile, but he is not confined to those places. If you pick up a leaf or a rock, You'll see a world of intricate design and beauty. The same goes for every single human that you will lay eyes on. Infinite worlds and thoughts are going on in every single person, just as much as going on in nature around us. I have to acknowledge the fact that there is pain and ugliness in the world, and I'm here to tell you that he cares for you more than you can possibly imagine. And it breaks his heart when we make decisions that he knows are going to hurt us because he sees beginning from the end. If you don't believe me, just look in nature because nature is God's love letter to us. For no other reason than beauty, than just love. I know that, I know that, you know, maybe not, not everybody enjoys Star Wars as much as I do, but there's one thing I learned from Star Wars. If you have seen it, it always shows these really stark planets that they go to. They'll go to a planet, and the whole planet's a desert. Or they'll go to another planet, and the whole planet's ice. Just terrible places to live. It's incredible. As it, you know, I watch the Star Wars, and, and I don't know, it, it had to be God, because he, he said, you know what? 
I could have made a planet like that. I could have made Earth look just like the Sahara Desert, the whole thing. But instead, he gives us places like this. These are just incredible. Just, again, for no other reason, it says, you know what? I'm going to make you something beautiful. Here, take this. Have a planet. Enjoy it. Now, the incredible thing is that we see, what we see with our limited senses is just a shadow. This microphone. Of what's really going on. There are unseen microscopic worlds and there are stars and planets exploding every day that we will never see. There are wavelengths beyond our perception. And none of it's happening outside of God's knowledge or control. Now, every amazing sight, smell, taste, touch, and sound should make us all stop and thank God. So every experience that you have, this is another chance to thank God. And that's just, it's just amazing. I wrote this lesson, I don't know, weeks ago, and here are the lessons about thankfulness. And we have so many opportunities to be thankful. And it's not just about how much we ate. (laughs) Every good thing that you have ever been a part of is a gift from God, and it's a gift from a God that loves you so much. The only thing he asks for in return, for giving you everything, is your complete trust, which also means everything. All of your cares, all of your worries, tears, laughter, and joy, he wants all of it. That's something that, something that we try to get through to the youth is that, is that it's not always about coming to church and putting on your best face and, and shaking the hand the best and, and patting people on the back the most. God wants, God wants your tears. God wants your rage. He wants everything that you have. Just give it to him. That's all he wants. He just wants everything that you have. Now, as you have these pictures in your mind, what I want to do, and this was an interesting experiment for, the, for you, I want us to just all close our eyes for just one minute in silence and just... And just think of, think of one beautiful thing, be it a sunset, be it a beach, whatever it is, think of one beautiful thing, and for one minute, just thank God for it. At the end of a minute, I'll say a prayer and close this out. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for 
bringing us together tonight for, for the rain that we got and for this last, this last week to spend time with, with friends and family. And it's true, a blessing that we have is, is the fact that we can eat to, eat to our heart's content and even above that. But our thankfulness goes so much, so much, so much beyond that. We look at friends and family around us. We, we see the people in this room, and we know that we're just we're, that we're bound together by your love, by your power. And I thank you for for the blessings that we have that are beyond beyond count. All of nature speaks of your beauty. All of nature speaks of your love for us. Let us never take that love for granted. And I thank you so much for all that we have. In your precious name, God. Amen.